Hello and welcome. This is your host. His name is Pepin. I am here to react to a show called Breaking Bad with my best friend. His name is Peter. Peter, how are you doing? Hey, I'm here too. Yes, you are. And that speech pattern I'm using right now is probably the worst <laughs> speech <laughs> pattern I've ever had. Anyway, we have not seen the show in about a year. So uh, I kind of forgot what happened. Uh, honestly, I think John is probably going to be dead here in a couple episodes. Very sad. John, golf clap. I mean, for all the things you did for the series and, and for me in my personal life. So great on you. Uh, meter, uh, give me a little refresher here. What, what happened? I really like your golf clap, which is <laughs> uh, Walt got good news. Did he? His cancer's almost gone, remember? And he thought he was going to be dying, so they cooked a whole bunch of meth and almost died in the desert. And then oh, yeah. he found out, mm. oh, I'm going to live. And then he was mad. That's right. And it we had a big discussion about why he was mad, which it's uh, it's clear in some ways, but unclear in others. So that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It will. And it seems like there's a lot of parts moving. It's kind of like moving in a direction. But what happens in that direction is a little bit unclear because th this season's been very chaotic, right? There's so many ends. And where these ends meet is going to be intriguing. Uh, I, I think Walt's definitely going to be going the route of Heisenberg. Uh and I only say that as a, a, a metagamer here because, like, this is what the show is based around of, right? Like, it, it, if Walt just went back to just being normal Walt, which could happen for a couple episodes, like, it would just be very underwhelming to watch. In a weird way, we, the audience, are kind of fucked up because we want to see Walt become a monster. Yeah, that sounds like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we had some uh, comments on the last episode. Uh, Meter, do uh, you want to cover the couple you saw? Uh, yep. Um, this one says the baby. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. this one says, uh, well, Hey, what about the baby? True. True. I mean, I've been getting that a lot lately because people have grown attached to the baby and like, sometimes we forget to talk about the baby, which I don't know how we forget about that. But even when we bring up the baby, people just say, the baby like because they want more baby yeah this you, one says hey is lewis the father of the baby uh, that is a theory we actually approached in the last episode i believe right mm -hmm. because it could make sense and i think mm -hmm. the idea was immaculate conception yes because that's the only possible way because no way lewis would you know put himself beneath himself yeah. and having sex with a human right that that's yeah. that's just just gross and dirty you know the only way to do it is i don't know okay like can i call fish do it right you throw your sperm into the ether yes definitely <laughs> lewis do it like fish do <laughs> i think is the call <laughs> that one now we did get into a little bit of an argument. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, when I say we, I mean you, but you're 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 part of this team, uh, and it was with uh, Fish Sticks Fifty Seven. Can you tell mm -hmm. us what that argument was about? There was a lot of talk about werewolves mm -hmm. in Breaking Bad, mm -hmm. and I'm just 
heavily in the camp against. And I don't think that there's any evidence of werewolves. And they were very, you know, uh, I, I'll I'll be honest. They brought up a couple of good points. Okay. But okay. I still don't think there is evidence. There's not enough. So the way you're describing this, this kind of sounds like maybe it's not something that's ever going to come to the forefront of the show. But it's like one of those background facts. Like, like I've seen a couple of videos where they talk about these shows and how, you know, uh, John Dudley was actually pulling all the strings. Like the guy, the secondary character in the background, he was actually the real leader behind the scenes. And I guess yeah. it's kind of one of those things, right? Like maybe werewolves wouldn't come to effect because you seem uncertain, but it seems like there actually might be some point there, which I guess is a spoiler, but I guess it doesn't really play super much into the plot anyway. I guess, I don't know. I mean, it was all it was all from season one and season two up to episode nine, which that we're going to mm. watch episode 10 today. So this was all old facts. There was no future. We weren't talking anything about the future. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is this is from the standpoint of not having seen the show. I, I have, but I, I play that role of, you know, I'm not going to say anything that proves one way or the other mm. um, towards it. So okay, okay. And uh, you know, before we start the episode, uh, we did get the result from the poll. Uh, who would make a, 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 a like the best couple for Breaking Bad? Like who who is best together? So we had uh, Jesse and Walt. Uh, the other option was uh, Walt and Marie, and then the other option was Walt and uh, Hank. Right, so those were the three options. We really should have had more options in this poll, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess we ran out of ideas. Meter, uh, uh, have you seen the poll yet? I haven't. I'm really interested to see what the results were, though, because I voted early. Okay, so if you were to guess, who do you think would be the top winner here? Uh, Jesse and Walt. Uh, it, you know, you'd actually be correct. So that's actually at uh, 56%. Oh, wow. Uh, now, uh, the second thing that was there was uh, Walt and Marie. And I don't know why that would be the case. I guess people can see it a little more naturally. Or maybe it's the fact that Walt and Hank kind of butt heads a little bit. They're all kind of antagonists, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, I can't really see them together personally. Uh and I, I should have like asked you about this poll before I created it, but uh, is there any other person who you think would make a great couple on the show? Uh, I mean, there's countless numbers, but um, Walt and the principal. Oh, yep, yep, Carmen, yep. How do you always remember the principal's thing? <laughs> like always, 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 you just know before she ever introduced herself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is this is no joke either. Like before she introduced herself, you're like, oh look, it's Carmen. And then she's like, hey Walt. And she's like, hi, Carmen. And you're like, wait, that was a real name. <laughs> that was like the best moment of my life. I'm so glad I got it on a reaction too, because because you know it's legit. You know, I couldn't have watched the show before, like, I don't know, five or ten years ago. <laughs> but that's you remembered her from ten years ago? That's anyway. not even the case. I just threw a name out there and it happened to be right. And uh -huh. it could be because of like muscle memory in some sort of weird way. Yeah. Or it could, it could just be lucky. Yes. We don't know. Muscle memory. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So uh, Walt and Carmen is a good answer there. Uh, would we ever consider say like a Skylar Hank sort of thing? Uh, no, I think that, 
they're too incompatible because Skyler would not put up with Hank, like mm-hmm. even for a second. Hank's just too blue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, she she'll take bullshit from like Walt, but I think Hank's just a little bit too aggressive. Like just a she, little. I too... mean, she won't she won't take bullshit from Walt though. She kind of has though. Uh, I don't know. Okay. She's fought back on it like a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we maybe we find out maybe there's bullshit in this episode. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, and uh one last couple here that I'm just gonna throw as being a great couple. Uh so I would probably say uh Skinny Pete and Tuco. And oh. we know they have some connection because they were prison mates, I believe. And you know, when Skinny Pete went in there with Jesse, does getting Pete get beat up? No, he didn't. Like because I, I I think Tuco still has that affection for him. And who knows what happened in that prison? You know, a lot of things could happen in there. And I, I, I think they might have escalated their relationship. And maybe Wealth and Jesse missed out on a great, like, business opportunity with that. Because maybe they could have, like, smoothed things over with Tuco via Skinny Pete. And then the whole story would be just different at this point. You know, Tuco wouldn't have gone crazy. He would have settled down, had kids, you know? And maybe he would have gotten out of the meth trade and transferred ownership over to to Walt. Yeah, I mean, this is just like when uh, kings and queens of old would marry their families to unite kingdoms. It it very well could have happened that Mm. the two kingdoms came together. Yeah, yeah. So a a lot of interesting ideas there. Uh, Now, would you support that marriage? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that we're of the same opinion there. I mean, if, if you had a different opinion, that'd be fine. But, you know, we just know that this is the correct opinion. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, we don't know if this is going to be a timer-based reaction or a reaction-based reaction. So, if you want to, like, just take five seconds here to count down and synchronize your reaction, hey, that'll be great. So, five, four, three, two, one. Wait. Shit. Why does this always happen? All right. That was an... It was. And so, if you guys like the reaction, definitely leave a like or... God damn it. (laughs) My whole mojo is just mixed up. I've never messed that up. That was another amazing episode of a show that we watched called Breaking Bad. Now, a lot happened this episode. I think this is one of the more layered episodes that we've seen. And... I, I, I am honestly going to have my trouble, have troubles getting my thoughts straight about this because I think there's just so many things. I, I don't know if my brain's just on fire right now, but like, you know, if, if you didn't watch the reaction portion of the show, like just all throughout the episode, I'm just like, hey, metaphor, hey, foreshadowing, hey, this is what this means. Hey, this is what this means, right? Like I just had so many ideas and, you know, probably 90% of them were shit. But still, like, my, my brain just generated so many ideas from the layering in this episode that I think it's on overload. So, neither, you might have to keep me, like, straight and focused on this one. Okay. Uh, so, I think we should start with um, the opening scenes up until where Jesse and Walt meet, and then we should split into storylines. Okay. Okay. Uh, before you do that, though, uh, just overall impressions of the episode. So, I thought this episode was was quite amazing. I, like, I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yep. Great music, great themes. All storylines were driven forward. Mm. Really well done. A- acting, really good. Uh, we, we also got some 
pretty much got all the characters, I'd say. Uh, the one character we didn't get, which is unfortunate, is Mason. But, you know, even then. Yeah. Is his name Mason? I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway, what, what's your general thoughts? Uh, the same ones I just said. Oh, fuck. I thought you had more to say, Meter. I do, but it's about specific things. And I mm-hmm. think that talking about the episode will speak for itself. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So uh, let's start off with the beginning, which I forget what happened in the beginning. I think Walt was looking at his hand. That's the only thing I can remember. Yeah. I mean, Walt was looking at his hand. Skylar told him, take today off and then we're going to have a party. They said that. At, well, they said. Oh, yeah. He said, take today off and then him and uh, Jesse meet. Because that's what he did on his day off, pretty much. Is mm-hmm. So right. him and Jesse meet, and he tells Jesse, hey, I'm all better. So, and Jesse's like, that's great. And Walt's like, yeah, I guess, whatever. And then he's like, well, I'm out. And Jesse's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's setting up the whole episode. That's setting up, that's like putting a hard divide between everything we've seen and everything we will see. Because the idea in episode one is Walt's life now is cooking meth until he dies. And now we're at a point where it's like, well, what happens after? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Walt is living. Jesse's not going to have to cook anymore. They're both going to have a shit ton of money. Jesse, in theory, could retire uh, if he spends wisely, uh, maybe even invest a little bit. So. These guys are in good shape. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like the the impetus for the episode, or like the like like the, the seed. And we kind of see yeah. see that seed, you know, and what it becomes later on at the end. It's kind of like you cooked meth, you made a shit ton of money, you met all your goals. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yep. Uh, your, all your medical expenses are paid for, I believe. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're not in crippling debt, and you actually have enough money to do all these house repairs too. Like, you're not hurting anymore, but uh, I think as the episode kind of has alluded, you know, with the theme of the hand, you know, you pointed out correctly, that's the hand he used to punch the um, air dryer. And uh, he he, he looks at it constantly and he still, I assume, feels that pain, right? The the pain is still in frame. He can't move past it. And it's it's this lingering kind of eating at him for for some reason and what that pain represents is a little bit interesting i think part of that pain uh and i don't know this for certain i think part of that pain is the death of heisenberg because I, I i noted this during the episode but when Walt was talking to jesse about getting out it sounded like one of two things it sounded like Walt was being very clinical like the doctor as well you know like like he was almost like mirroring what the doctor was saying when he came to good news, but also it seemed like he was giving more like a, I don't know, like some sort of news of death. It didn't sound good. He sounded mm-hmm. happy to some degree. Right. But it also sounded like he was just like, you know, surmising about like a, a eulogy or a, a obituary about something. Uh, yeah. I mean, that leads into the party. Right. And at the party, they ask him for a speech and he's like, when I got cancer, I, was like why me and then when the cancer went away i'm like why me ah i see anyway have a good party (laughs) yeah yeah so so i couldn't quite figure that out at the time because i will i think there's some 
different ways to take that, but the more direct way to take it, like you're saying, is that, you know, when I, it was announced to be, I was going to die, why me? When it was announced that I, Heisenberg, was going to die, I asked myself, why me? Right? Right? The, kind of the same, like, response to, like, two different scenarios. I mean, maybe. I mean, Heisenberg mm-hmm. dies when Walt dies, so... I think it was more like he was he was like, why do I why me? Why do I have to die? Why me? Why do I have to live? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go on living after the shit he's done? Mm-hmm. Can, mm-hmm. You can't go. Walt can can Walt go back to being Walt? The the Walt we met in episode one, mm-hmm. who afraid to hold a gun. Like, can Walt go back to that? OK, so in a way, in, and I just keep bringing this back to like a sort of metaphor, but I think the main point is that living is kind of a definite self. And he, it, it's what was going to die. He already kind of died back when he did all those horrible, horrible crap. And now when he's gotten to this point, you know, the, the old world's gone. Like, you know, why me? Why did this have to happen? Mm. I, I'm, I'm stretching this a little bit too far to, to try to make, make a point. But I, I think we're in agreement in general. I think I'm yeah. just taking and, it. And I th- I think it leads like going forward. So I think we should talk about the party mm-hmm. and all of the, because impl- that's going to pretty much wrap up the Hank, Hank storyline. Um, okay. And then we should talk about the implications of that, of the, that and the, um his, and the Walt Jr. storyline. And then that'll wrap up those two right mm-hmm. then and there. Okay. So they, the party continues. Walt is drinking heavily. Um, Hank is telling Walt Jr. all about how he survived this drug cartel and, uh, that all these terrible things that happened and like telling it like a war story. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Walt did, Walt has done the same thing, right? Like meth caused these scars and like caused these terrible, horrible things to happen and these crazy things to happen mm-hmm. in his life that he has stories that would way override anything Hank could tell, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. can't tell them. I think there was a little bit of jealousy there as he's trying to, as he pours drinks for his son. And then when his his son, every time continues to turn and look at Hank and he's like, don't look at Hank. I'm your father. Mm-hmm. I think that was like uh jealous of Hank type thing. And it, you said it in the, at the time, like it really shows how uh, like head buddy, those two are in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Hank yeah. and, and Walt. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think there's about seven different things with this right here. Like so many layers. So I think the first layer is the jealousy layer. And we kind of saw that jealousy later, like, back where I, I mean even as far as uh i keep saying mason what's, what's his name the, the lewis lewis there we go yeah uh so with lewis because lewis was getting kind of or what was kind of kind of what was kind of getting jealous of lewis because lewis was kind of taking time away from his kid right uh and then there's been some other instances where walt's been kind of a little bit jealous or he, like like people are taking the role of father away and Walt's authority over his son. And Walt doesn't like that. 
like because Walt feels like he's losing control over his relationships, which is completely true. But, uh, you know, he didn't like that. And we even had a scene where Hank was kind of being like a father to to Walt Jr. by showing him, him the crackheads and everything, you know. Yep. So that's been a th- issue with Walt. So there's that that side right there. There's the other side where Hank is talking about something which is in direct opposition to Walt. So Walt likely feels threatened by that. Uh, so th- that's another factor. And it, I had like one or two more factors there, but essentially there's these different layers of why Walt gets pissed with Hank. Mm-hmm. And, and also another fact is Hank feels like he's in charge right there. Walt just feels like he's just like in the background, just kind of, kind of there. So he, in a way, needs to assert his dominance over Hank here because he feels like he's fighting Hank. And I think this actually sets the stage for the whole story here, in, in an odd sort of way, because uh, Walt is, it's, it's he gives some alcohol to the Walt Junior as a way of kind of asserting control, but also that's what he's been doing this whole time, asserting control. But also he's been kind of poisoning his family in this sort of way through his, you know, meth dealings. Hank's in kind of opposition to that. Now, this is kind of the nuance here because Hank's not totally in opposition to this kind of shit, right? Because, you know, he's smokes Cubans. He's uh, Mm -hmm. even hinted that he may have had like some mescaline at some point. So Hank's hands aren't clean necessarily, but, you know, Walt's kind of in opposition to his family and kind of poisoning them. And then Hank is in opposition. He's like, Hank has a breaking point. He's like, okay, buddy, this is, this is too much. And Hank is kind of putting his protector role here from the family. He's trying to protect Walt Jr. And then Walt is just kind of like just offended because that's that, that's kind of dynamic at the larger portion of the meth trade. So he's essentially seeing that more in a family dynamic. And then essentially they just come to like come to heads. You know, Walt's trying to give drugs. Hank's trying to prevent drugs, and then we just see them like come to their, come to their, like their their uh, dispute there, and of course it ends that you know Walt Junior gets poisoned and kind of pukes in the pool. But uh, there's one other greater point to this as well, which is the alcohol. So Walt's drinking a lot of alcohol here. We actually saw him drink back at the party, like giving the speech, and. I, th- I think that's also a bit of a metaphor for him and Heisenberg, like him making the meth and kind of distributing that is kind of like a drug for him as well. Like, like the meth trade is his drug. This is how he's getting his sense of, I'm not going to say sense of self, but his, th- this is how he's taking control of things. And th- this is why he's trying to push it off to other people. Again, I think that goes back to Walt Jr. And kind of being a little bit complicit in this whole like. Like, uh, hey, would you bury this kid on, in the sand with scorpions and everything? So Walt's also trying to get complicity with his kind of e- more evil actions, too. So I just, I'm just throwing out all these different things here. But I think that that whole interaction right there is really just the the whole story of that will happen between Hank and Walt, but just on a much smaller stage. And I, I know you can't probably say too much about that besides, you know, pick up my 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 uh instances but what were your general kind of reaction to that yeah no i think i think you're you're right on with all of that and it's uh, definitely super interesting both the metaphor and the literalness um 
so the uh, I, I, this this creates like a a, a rift, right? Both the, the literal and metaphoric. In then he has to go around and do a bunch of apologies now, mm -hmm. uh, and he apologizes to Hank allegedly because uh, Walt has definitely been known to lie yeah. uh, off camera. Uh, just in a single throwaway line, he says, oh, I already apologized to Hank. He apologizes to Skylar over telephone through a message that she doesn't even listen to the full thing. Mm -hmm. And he apologizes to Walt Jr. face to face. And like that just makes him feel so much worse about what he had done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's actually skip back just one second here because there was a scene where Walt Jr. was puking into the pool. I, mm -hmm. I, and kind of going to the metaphor of like Walt trying to clean up with the water because, you know, he's kind of creating that that dirt in a way. But he just seemed very self-satisfied with himself when that was happening, which was kind of strange. Like, do you agree with that assessment? Like, what was that face he was making? Um, Kind of like he's just kind of sitting in the trouble that he had made. Oh. Uh, I think he was most happy that Hank brought the put the liquor back on the table. Hmm. So he kind of got his way out of it. Oh. That's how I interpreted that is uh, I hmm. stood up to Hank and I got what I wanted out of it. I see. And he didn't really care that Walt Jr. is throwing up. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Walt was definitely kind of drunk on his own self right there. Like, literally. But, okay. So I have a completely different reading of that and... I don't know if I'm wrong or if I'm right, or it, 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 I think you're more likely to be right. It was more about the other game going on and Walt kind of disregarded his family. Cause that's what he's been doing this whole show is go. He's a person who kind of like says I'm doing it for family and then does not care about his family or he cares about them in like the words, but not in action. Uh, I but, mean, I don't, I don't think that was really Walt though. That was Heisenberg. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. I guess that's the distinction. Heisenberg doesn't care about the family because Walt, the day after, was very apologetic. And I think legitimately, too. And we've seen Walt care about Hank. Mm -hmm. Heisenberg oh, yeah. is in direct opposition to Hank. Mm -hmm. But Walt loves his family, including Hank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess you're right. It's more of the splitting there between the two. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, this was... Heisenberg's still there and like I think a lot of Hank a lot of Walt has died a mm -hmm. lot of Walt died with the cancer mm -hmm. but Heisenberg is still there and Heisenberg mm -hmm. is starting to show themselves in situations outside of Walt's control yeah yeah hmm and so he apologizes to people uh you know, a couple of people, presumably. It's interesting he's mm -hmm. actually apologizing to Skyler, but mm -hmm. I, I think he really does feel bad and really does have to explain that. Uh, and he apologizes to Walt Jr. in like a very, a very apt way. I think he did a good job with that. But the problem was, is that it's, it's almost like it's already too far. It, it's like when you're a bad enough influence on somebody and they take it like, Walt Jr. did. It's like, oh, hey, I cut my liquor. You know, I, I was keeping up with you guys. That's how Walt Jr. saw her, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we, that's indicative of two things. Number one, he, Walt's already lost his control over Walt Jr., right? He's lost his authority or his mentorship, right? Uh, n- number two, uh, it's almost like he poisoned his family. Like, like he's already poisoned them. Like, like I, I think his thought is this wouldn't be happening if I had been a good father, but rather I lost control over this and now this is the direction he's going. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that, that that the water heater is really the the big analogy there um, that we'll we'll have to get into shortly. But it definitely when it comes to the the literal poisoning um of it and that it shows like Walt Jr. is a kid. And, you know, that's how, like, he does actually, like, I think part of it was Walt felt like he wasn't getting the respect he deserves mm-hmm. from Hank, from Walt Jr., yeah. uh, from everybody. And maybe part of that stemmed from Skylar treating him like a little kid being like, now you stay in bed all day, which mm-hmm. a lot of people would find that great because, um, you know, they they like being doted on, especially if you're not feeling good. Like, that's a nice feeling. but. I think Walt always sees that as offensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think he felt he had lost respect from everybody. And Walt Jr. saying like, no, dad, I was able to keep up with you guys, like made him realize like, like he's my son. And this is, I treated him like, like I deserve respect. And I think he, he's like, maybe I don't deserve respect. Like mm-hmm. he does respect me. I tried to force my myself on him. He already lo- like cares about me, and I'm such a shithead. Mm-hmm. Like I think he felt so bad after talking to him. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he goes to trying to clean, right? So we saw some dirty dishes there. We saw the water. He can't even get clean from this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so he starts taking out the rot essentially and trying to like just reorganize his life. And that's him trying to keep busy in a lot of ways. But it's it's the same sort of thing where when someone does something bad or something icky happens, people will tend to clean. It's a natural response. Like, I don't know if if ever been involved in some sort of like shady shit, uh, not necessarily me doing it, but just like it happened. Like, I'll, I'll take too, so many showers, right? Just to, it's, it's, it's just like you have to feel clean or you just start cleaning the house, right? It, it's what people do for a reason. And some sort of evolutionary response, I assume. But uh, Walt's just trying to take out the rot, trying to clean, trying to keep himself busy. But more so, I think he just feels dirty and can't can't come clean of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to clean up the mess. Yeah. And then he... Uh, also, there's a little bit of, of a thing there. Water, typically, you know, getting clean. But it's also kind of like a... It can get associated with like baptism, in a way. Or rebirth. And I don't think it's any chance right now. I think he's just, he's just stuck that way. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? So they talked about this water heater for a long time. And way back in the first couple episodes, him and Skylar were stressed about the water heater because it wasn't working right. And they didn't have the money to fix it. So like it was a big money. Money was really the biggest hurdle at the time. And so over time, this has presumably been worse and worse right so Uh this has slowly gotten worse you saw that where that shitty water was coming from when he checked for it was from a pipe that had duct tape on it so he had tried to like fix it like just quickly in the past so 
this is something that has been known about for a long time, was money related to begin with, and it's literally muddying the waters. Like mm. it's, it's this long-term thing. So he is trying to go in and clean up, like you're saying, and like fix this long, long problem. Now that he has the money, he has the time, like he can do these things. So he's doing them. He's trying to clean up these messes that have been there for a long time. And then he finds out when he's, after he fi fixes the water heater, he talks to his son. His son says that thing to him. And then he pokes the floor and he's like, oh shit, this isn't just like a small problem. Like this is down at the foundation. Mm -hmm. This is base level. This is, this dripping water, which was once a problem up here is, has now been dripping so long that it has ruined the very foundation that we live in. So this is, I think that's like as literal a metaphor as you can get when it comes to metaphors to be like, hmm. he's let this go on too long. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me kind of think a little bit and I don't want to like jump ahead too much here, but uh, he, he, he buys the, the water heater to replace it. And then starts mm -hmm. replacing a bunch of other shit in there, right? Like, he just starts replacing everything. And we also see in the other storyline with Skyler, she's probably considering replacing Walt. Like, like the, the thing, the commonality is starting new, right? As a way to escape your kind of past problems. And I think that's the, the what they're both kind of approaching right now. It's, it's kind of starting fresh in a way. Yeah, I mean, Walt is... May, maybe it's also like the thought of Walt is trying to fix the wrong things because mm -hmm. another thing that happened there is like obviously everybody in the house knew the water heater is a problem yeah he fixed it but he still feels like there's issues uh, so he's there trying to fix more things and he shows the board to to walt jr right and he's like we got rot and walt jr's like i don't see a problem and walt's like well it's there you just don't know how to look for it because it's inside walt like it's yeah it, yeah. It's him, and he's trying to cut out all of this stuff. And that, and then, you know, you bring up Skylar. She says uh, to uh, what's that guy? What's the guy's name? I don't know. She says to her boss, like, "Yeah, you like it doesn't feel different. Yeah, like it should feel different." And I think Walt is trying to make th make a difference, mm -hmm. but he's doing the wrong things. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I've said this before. Four, but this this episode seems like a summary kind of of everything that's happened and that's also a good point right there because this whole this whole last episodes or since the show started walt's been trying to solve the issue that he's been having and he's been trying to solve it by approaching it from the money point of view but that's not the way to solve it right he should have been solving it from the family point of view from the relationship point of view but he's not been doing that and that's kind of him here he's not solving any of the family issues he's having. He's just trying to repair this other shit, right? He's, he's, he's approaching the wrong problem. Yeah. I mean, he's avoiding the like face-to-face -face stuff altogether. He's not at dinner. He's not at breakfast with them. Yeah. Where he would clearly see there's a problem if he just looked at Skyler's face for a second mm -hmm. and instead just goes and, and is trying to work on the house. Yeah. So, you know, he there are foundational issues, but he's fixing them the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. 
And where where do we go from here, plot wise? Uh, I mean, I I think that jumps to to Skylar next, mm-hmm. who's at you know working and uh, is given the attention of her boss, and then, um, you know, he comforts her in a way that she probably hasn't been comforted in a very very long time. She's been the one doing all of the comforting. And she at first pulls back her hand, but it's just to wipe her wipe herself down and then gives her hand back. And then there's two hand contacts. So it's like becoming more and more intimate in that way. Mm. That scene ends. And then the next time we see them together, she is actively trying to get his attention. She sees he's going to leave without like she is literally just waiting. She hears that he's about to leave. She's waiting, watching. He walks by as if he's not going to be there. And she catches his attention and helps has him help clean her up. Yeah. Clean up. Hmm. So he's picking up the pieces in a very literal way yeah. of of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it seems kind of straightforward. I think she was actually approaching for that to begin with, because like, or not not to begin with, not not when she started. But there's a scene where they're talking in like the cafeteria or something. And yeah, with the churros, I think. And she seemed like she was trying to like elicit a conversation out of them. And then we see her. That's when she kind of, I'm not going to say it makes her move, but I almost feel like she's low-key playing the situation. Like she knows that he's there and she just needs somebody. And he's he's there. He's willing. He's available. And uh, I, I, I can't say the boss is like a bad guy at all here. I mean, he's he's approaching very delicately. I'd say he obviously knows what he wants, right? He wants Skylar. Like that that's obvious. And you could also talk maybe about the power dynamics of him being the boss and so on, right? So you could talk about whether that's ethical or not. But I, I don't think the boss has done anything wrong at this point. I mean, at least on a base level. Uh, and I think Skylar is definitely more the one who's initiating this here. I mean, at least as I can tell. And I, I think she's looking to start new and start fresh. Because I think she's just done with Walt. Nothing's going to change with that. It's, you know, it, it's like, even if it gets better, he still has that cancer. I mean, she, he's continually putting him, putting himself in a position where he's kind of walking a line between appropriate and inappropriate for, uh, especially for a boss, but mm-hmm. with a married woman. Like, so I think it's, there's a little bit of, of danger there with with his situation and he's been the one making the advances since day one um since the first time she left the company so like mm-hmm. he's definitely been always been the one initiating she's just actually was receptive after she was breaking down crying in her office mm-hmm. um and i think that the the churro scene was a little less aggressive than maybe you're making it seem or at least then you felt it was mm-hmm. uh because that was i mean she hung up the walt with another hollow apology she hung up on that before it was even done yeah and engaged with him and it told him like intimate stuff that was going on she she's definitely looking for a sympathetic ear yeah and he was and then he related and he had physical they had physical contact and then she was seeking it out when she knocked over the pens obviously she was looking for someone to come pick up the pieces for her mm-hmm. hmm yeah i i don't think it was until that point that she was the one making any of the advances though 
yeah, I think we have a bit of a disagreement here. Yep. But that, that's okay. And and to be clear, I'm not saying she was like, w w with my position, I'm not saying she was like whole hung about anything there. But I feel like she had like a little thought in her mind. Like like definitely the last episode we saw where like she was just kind of like, oh God, I'm in this situation here. She wasn't about anything with him at that point. And mm -hmm. he was throwing out some feelers. I don't think he was being super direct, but definitely very indirect about it all. Uh, this episode, I feel like she was more like thinking about those feelers and whether it might be good and she started to like progressively moving towards that. And at the end, she I think she moved towards it, especially. But I also think that maybe your point where it's more like a flip at the end, as opposed to like a gradual progression is, is also a valid way of looking at no, it. There was definitely a gradual progression. Mm -hmm. I just think uh, I, I may, and maybe I misunderstood you because I agree that it was her being more and more receptive yeah. to his advances but it had sounded like I, I had interpreted what you were saying as she had been making starting to make advances mm. and that I don't think she made any advances until the last scene where she knocked over the pens. Everything before that was okay. him making advances, him walking into her office, him walking in and yeah. eating churros, mm. him so, putting out his hand. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's more maybe the better word is uh, showing receptivity. Yes. And I, I think also him not going to her at the end there was him kind of like maybe trying to test the boundary there, but also maybe trying to like not overstep his boundary in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, because, yeah. you know, he's like, okay, this could be a, like a sticky situation here. Like, again. Uh, again. Right. And I don't know if I'm reading this right. Last time I read it completely wrong and I made a giant mistake. I was drunk. So, uh, you know, let's just not see her at this time. Yep. And then, you know, she, she kind of forces the situation there. Yep. So, I, again, I'm not trying to, like, be apologetic for this guy, but I, he's not over, he's not super, super creepy in any sort of way, but he is walking a little bit of a line there with his uh, position and everything. It's Ted. Ted? Yeah, I just remembered. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Ted. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I think my favorite thing about the show is just Skylar's unimpressed faces. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, I, I think the only other thing we can think of is with Skylar is uh, there was the party scene where she seemed, or actually before the party scene, she seemed very happy and was trying to move back to being normal. So I think mm -hmm. she actually attempted that and mm -hmm. didn't really work. And then there's a scene where her just being just very like, Walt. Walt, Walt, and he's like, "There's rot." Just like, God damn it, Walt! And she's yeah. like, glares at Walt Junior. Yeah, and then the, the noises start again, and she's just like, Ugh. "I would totally be Skyler in that instance." I'd just be like, "God damn it!" Yeah, Fuck you. well, he's trying to fix the rot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I mean I I sympathize with Walt very greatly, but you make that much noise, and I'm gonna hate you. Like, just just no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. So we move on from uh, Pam to I don't know what you're talking about with Pam, but I think we should talk about Jesse and then we'll end talking about the final scene. Okay. Okay. So uh, Jesse, what happened Jesse to and Jesse? Jane. Jesse and Jane, Je it started with Jesse uh, cooking, trying to cook breakfast and take care of Jane. And she's receptive and 
he's doing his best, but he's not very good at it. Uh, he's burning himself on stuff and not doing all of the things, not getting the coffee going. Uh, he has shells in the eggs, uh, which she picks out and hides because she finds it endearing. Like he's trying. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing like, he is showing a massive effort. Um, and they, they seem to have very serious connection, a lot of familiarity. He's showing off his drawings from when he was a kid. So he's like sharing his past with her and things that were, are artistic and creative and connect them. Cause we've seen that she does drawings. So they're connecting in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, he bought a air purifier so that they can smoke inside and so they can break the, break the rules, but also be in compliance with the rules. Okay. He, he bought that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I missed that. Um, so they, he's, he's following the rules, but also breaking them. He's being himself and he's really opening himself up to her and showing a serious effort. And then her dad shows up and she pretends she doesn't know him at all. And he see, he goes out and is like trying to introduce himself and, ex and looks at her expectantly. Like she is going to explain their relationship to him. And she completely blows him off and is like, all right, you're a tenant. And Jesse's like, oh, okay. Uh, that's kind of fucked up, but doesn't rock any boats until the dad leaves and she comes back over as if nothing happened. And he's like, so what the fuck was that? Are we not a couple? And she's like, why would you even think that? And he's like, oh, fuck this noise and leaves pissed. And then she feels bad and tries to apologize. Yeah. With a drawing, with that connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. My only thought here is that Jesse's incredibly naive with this. Why is that? I don't know. I, I think it should be kind of obvious why she's trying not to show you off. Like, I'm not... Why? Because he's smoking in the the apartment. He bought a purifier. Yeah, there's, there's ashtrays all over. So? There's this so much. He's a tenant and she's okay. the landlord. That That's no, kind is. of a conflict of interest. He is. She's the manager. It, and didn't you didn't you just defend Ted, who's literally her boss, and now you're talking about something obscure like the uh, a manager versus like the a, tenant manager? I'm I'm speaking from the perspective of the dad here. Uh, so the reason to not say anything about Jesse to the dad is to protect Jesse, because if the dad finds out about Jesse, the dad's gonna go crazy. He's gonna kick Jesse out. Because the first thing it's going to do in there is walk and do an inspection of Jesse's, you know, apartment. And then it's going to find all the shit there. No, he won't. You can't do an inspection without written notice. God damn it. You're pulling the legal stuff here. Well, I mean, if you want to get into technicalities here, let's okay. get into them. I, I think the implication here is that she's ashamed of him. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's how he's how Jesse's taking it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll agree with that. I would. I don't know. I have a hard time taking from Jesse's point of view here. And I don't know if that's wrong of me. Uh, like I understand Jesse's point of view, but I feel like Jesse's point of view is just naive to the relationship that she has with her dad. 
but he doesn't really know that relationship. All he knows is that they don't approve. But I think from Jesse's point of view, he would like be proud to show Jane off to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they were just smoking in the room. Uh, I could see it potentially where uh, Jane's like, okay, I'm going to show you off my dad. You know, we're going to like dress you up all nice and everything. And we're going to go out to a place and we'll just be super presentable. This is what my dad likes and doesn't like and everything. I don't know. It, it just seems to like too much risk to not be presentable to the dad. I, it, it seems like you disagree vehemently with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I am much more in sympathy with Jane's position here. Not mm -hmm. to say that Jane shouldn't have handled it better, right? And But I think Jane's worries and fears are much more concrete. Like, I, I, I think, good chance, Jesse does say, hey, we're dating. That's going to go off the rails, like, really quick. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Uh, so let's let's talk even just beyond that, right? So afterwards, she walks in like nothing happened. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so what was that? And then he's trying to be like, well, what about you and I? He's trying to figure out where they stand. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, we're just sleeping together. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the more offensive thing to him than the father thing. Because he, he'll he could understand the father thing, right? Like he, they could have a conversation about that. And he's like, yeah, I get it. My parents suck too. But for her to just be like, there's nothing between us. That's what really gets to Jesse. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I feel like that was, okay. I, I'm like a Jane defender right here. So I'm just going to go full ham. Uh, I, I feel like Jane was put into a weird situation where she started getting questioned about that. I mean, that's, that's kind of some heavy questions there for a new relationship. And, you know, what's she going to say? Like, like she, she's caught into like this weird, weird corner and she's already was kind of in a panic, you know, she was worried about what's going to happen. And I don't know. I, I think, I think Jesse does come in with that is, uh, is, is a little bit much. There are no corners in the truth, Nathan. <laughs> I want someone to fucking quote that. Cause that was a good one. <laughs> There are no corners in the truth. You can't be cornered if you're telling the truth. So just tell the truth. Well, okay. And this is, okay, this is the more base thing I'm going to say. Like, if I was Jane, I'd be like, Jesse, you, you don't get why I wouldn't want to show it off to my dad right after we're just, you know, fucking and, you know, smoking cigarettes in the apartment. No, I don't. Like, like, it, it kind of doesn't have to be said. Are you ashamed of me? Uh, Yes, in the All way right, I'm fucking out of here. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm gonna grab my keys and I'm gonna go. Okay, okay no, it, actually, that's not the way I put it. But I, the way I put it would be, I'm not ashamed of you. I I choose you for you, and you know I was partaking this myself. But my dad has different standards. I don't own this house. My dad owns this house. My dad has the ability to do whatever fuck he wants here, right? Uh huh. We're not even talking about your dad anymore. We're talking about you and I. Okay, but this who's I, you and I? I did is what your I, line because <laughs> that's what she said. Like that's fucked. Yeah, but she got put in that situation, like because you're. It's almost like, okay, imagine this. Imagine you're dating somebody, mm -hmm. and you know you you like them and everything. Two months in the relationship, they say, you know, uh, I, I love you, and you're just like, okay, nice. So 
You're not going to say I love you back? Well, you know, we've only been dating for two months. Okay, we got to know where we stand. What do you think of us? Like, where are we going? It's like, it's it's too early to tell you. Why are you putting me in this weird situation here? But that, see how that's a conversation? If you, if your, if your response to that was, what do you mean us? That is a completely different conversation than I feel like at this point in the relationship, this is where we stand from my perspective. Like, I get it. She was caught off guard. She was defensive. She didn't want to have that conversation right then. She wasn't ready to, Mm -hmm. to have that. And that's human. You know, that's how, that's how it goes. And now maybe they'll have a conversation in the future. Like that's at life. I'm just saying that. I side with Jesse on this, that he is trying to have a straightforward and honest conversation. And to get back to kind of the theme of the episode and the whole idea is like, this is the after, right? Like Jesse is trying to, she's like, so what's on the docket for today? You got to go work, whatever that means. And he's like, no, like I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. So I think that was kind of like a bigger implication of that's not just today. That's like a longer term thing. Like I'm yours wasn't a just for today really thing that was a i like uh, that was more of a commitment thing of he sees in the future them and now that work is done he's mm-hmm. done with all that shit okay so that i guess that does give some some uh some plot dynamic there because that's the setup to the payoff which is what is us right you know, Jesse's trying to move forward to relationship and then he feels like he was getting cut off there because that was how he thought he was moving. Okay. Okay. I, I still think I am... Uh, I, I think I'm more over to your side than I was initially. But I, I think it's just messy in general. Like, that's just a it messy is. situation just as a whole. It is. And, you know, she, she was caught off guard and that's fine that she, like, responded in the way she... the shitty way she did. Mm-hmm. But because she was being defensive and like, that's part of who she is, is like, that's how she'll react in that situation. But it doesn't mean she can't have growth and see the error of her ways, which allegedly she does. Cause she sends that really sweet drawing. She takes the time to draw it, draw it and apologize in like a meaningful way. And mm. uh, like, I think that was really good and shows the potential for the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think she was legitimately sorry, right? Like, yeah. Like, what she said there was obviously this defense mechanism as opposed to like her actual feelings. Yeah. But I think that a lot more of this will be explained going forward. Um, hopefully, they'll show more scenes of, of them together and maybe resolving this. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to see. I don't remember. So, yeah. Uh, well, one aspect to the Jane Jesse saga uh, was the comic book. Or like the, the drawing, looking at it thingy, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's hard to know without seeing the show. I assume what one was important, one one's not. But the one that seemed the most important to me was the the rewind band. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's two aspects there. Though so before we touch on that, uh, were any other the ones were any other of the drawings seem important to you or would be interesting to discuss? Not really. Okay. So the Rewind Man one is kind of interesting in the fact that he just walks backwards. That's how he solves problems. He just he and Jesse said that's like rewinding, right? Just walking backwards. And 
that's a couple of things right there. Because that's Jesse, what Jesse wants to do here. He wants to kind of walk back from maybe the meth trade. That's kind of what Walt says he's going to do is walk back. I mean, like he said, Jesse probably has enough money to last him quite some time here. So not to worry about shit. Or maybe this slows down pr- uh, production. So he, Jesse's thinking about walking back. And that's his kind of way of solving the issues is this kind of doing that. Now, as Jane points out, like, how, how does that resolve anything? Like, he, he, what's the superpower? Rewind time? You know, walking backwards, reverses time or something like that? Like, Jesse has that solution there, right? You know, just walk backwards, right? That's how he solves the problems. But from our point of view, from Jane's point of view, like, that's ridiculous. That That's not a superpower, number one. But also, that wouldn't solve anything. Like, like, like your, your proposed thing here is just, just ludicrous, right? You would want to rewind time, go back to where it was, but you can't do that because that's what's, that's the point we're at in the story is you can't walk back from what you've actually got your shit into. I mean, none of the superheroes, I'm going to, I'm going to renege on that altogether. None of the superheroes that he shows have offensive powers. One guy surfs on air, one has a kangaroo pouch and one walks backwards, which is inherently a defensive thing. Mm-hmm. If a guy pulls a knife on you, he can walk back really fast to get out of the way of the knife. Yeah. So I feel like his he's not like trying to think offensively in hurting people. He is constantly trying to think of like what would be cool to just like be able to do. Like mm-hmm. it's not about it. like and they're not even crazy far fetched things, right? Mm-hmm. the things that he's able to do, he's not even thinking like way outside the realm of possibilities. He's like, what are like literally realistic superpowers that somebody could have? And there may be something to the whole being able to have, you know, a, a pouch to keep a another little baby with. That's like a familial, like close, be closeness with people type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like if you're, you're going to examine the superhero stuff, like that's really the biggest takeaway I took was that he's not trying to be on the offense in any of these. He's not, he's, he's not even trying to be aggressively defensive. He's literally just trying to avoid any hardships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just because the comments will say it, the guy, the guy in the kangaroo pouch had a gun (laughs) that was firing, but that wasn't the Jesse character. That was Joey. So, so, so was Jesse in the pouch in this? No, Jesse would have been the kangaroo guy. Holding the pouch, who had the pouch? He was Kang Kanga Man or whatever. Wait, wait a second. Here's I, I I need to see this picture again. So there's the kangaroo, and then the guy in the pouch had the gun. So the kangaroo was a person. Okay, it was a person with a kangaroo pouch. Yeah, and then the Joey, the little baby in the pouch, had a gun. Dude, Joey's badass. Joey's fucking cool. And we always wondered who the baby was. <laughs> Baby's got a gun. <laughs> That's my favorite Aerosmith song. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, is there anything else with Jesse we could discuss? No. Uh, so I think the last. Oh, uh, I mean, he was smoking meth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he immediately like reverted back to, uh, to, to meth. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like that's his. When he gets low, he smokes meth. Yeah, and it does bring you up technically. So you know a little bit there. 
Uh, hmm. Did he hide that from Jane when she... No, she, Jane didn't go in. She just put the thing under her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the last storyline here, is it essentially Walt going into the store? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so we'll have to touch on something here towards the end, but Walt goes into the store and he's looking for like repair stuff, I guess. Right. And going through and uh, this is the other place where he's kind of like, he's talking to that guy who sold him the stuff and he's like very just like, yeah, I want this. Oh yeah. Like, like he knows what he's talking about. Like, mm-hmm. like he's got that big, big dick energy right there. Yeah. And so he sees this guy with some meth supplies in his cart. And it's like, uh, what he did there was a little bit confusing. I think maybe it's crystallized in the end, but I feel like at first it wasn't as clear. Uh, but I, I feel like he was first trying to give him a little bit of advice. But mm-hmm. then it's also trying to scare him a little bit with like, hey, the cops are going to notice all this shit. Right. So he's trying to do a little bit of both. And obviously, he scared this guy off. And he's, he stood his ground there. Like, he, you know, he was just feeling super aggressive. And then wh- why I think he was a little bit more f- wish washy with that, with what he was doing, is we get to the scene where he's in the line and you hear like the, 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 the scanning, like ding, 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 ding. And, you know, it's beep, of course, but. It's almost like a bell ringing, right? It's like the the bell is kind of ringing in his mind. It's like, okay, I I finally like found myself here or found yeah. where I need to go. It was notifying him of something. Mm-hmm. And he then goes out there. He sees, you know, the the worker and the uh, the boss kind of like talking. He's like, oh, it's that guy. And then he approaches him, and he just has like you know the biggest dick I've ever seen. And he just like exudes that energy and just stares down this guy essentially. It's like, this is my territory. And that reaffirms, of course, that he is going to continue with Walt. Uh, sorry, continue with math, but also not just do that. He's going to like kind of expand, kind of make an empire out of this. And the other guy kind of gets scared off. And Walt just seems very, it's almost like Heisenberg just reemerged. And that's my reading of it. Uh, also, I, th- I think this is the point that might be a little bit contentious. Uh, with that stare down, the way I saw it was that he had that stare down with Hank earlier in the episode. And in my thought, I thought he lost that stare down. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you-, you thought he may have won because Hank put down the bottle. Uh, w- a little bit unclear either way, but let's just say he lost it just for my point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, he won. It was a very clear win. And he felt very secure of himself, I think. You know, like, like he just felt powerful. And so... I, th- I think him and Hank was a stalemate. But mm-hmm. I think from Walt's perspective, he won between him and Hank. But it wasn't like a sa- as satisfying a victory as it could have been because his kid was puking. People were mad at him. He had just caused like a big fucking issue. He'd poisoned yep. the party mm. of his life. Like mm. him being alive, he had poisoned that party. Yeah. And his kid, which represents his future and literally his own namesake, since they have the same name. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the with this the scene at the store. So he's buying paint, which was presumably that's the final thing you do when you're doing a, a home project is you paint, like uh, other than like decorating. But you're not going to decorate the closet. So he is finishing this project of cleaning up the rot. Uh, and walks past the cart that he recognizes is meth. That's meth in a cart. And talks to the kid who realistically is, in my opinion, a, a direct metaphor for Jesse. Yep. Mm. So he sees him and he's kind of trying to part impart the knowledge of like, here's the stuff that we did wrong. That like, here's how you can be, you can be better. He's like still doing the teaching Jesse stuff mm-hmm. and maybe trying to pass on, like pass the mantle. Like maybe here's here's the torch, um, and just kind of given given his knowledge, and then when he starts to hear the beeping and he puts down the paint and says like I'm not gonna do this project, like I'm done with the project without the paint, without actually like finishing the thing, putting mm. on the final coat. Yeah, he gets out to the to the Winnebago or whatever it was, the camper. And sees him and Jesse where they were, where they started. Hmm. Like that's what that was, and stares him down and is just like, "This is my territory," and pretty much says like, "I'm Heisenberg" without saying it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of and embraces that. So I, I'm with you on the the final steps of that. I think that the I don't think he was trying to scare the kid off. I think when he scared the kid off, that's what made him realize like. Nobody else can do what I do. Like mm. I am better than anybody else at this thing. Hmm. Interesting. A bit of pride there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It, it 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 definitely was a bit of a teaching moment there. And like, hmm, I, I I still question whether there's a little bit of malice that was growing towards the end there, and maybe that's where it shifted. Where like this is my territory. Yeah. So, so, so I guess the question is: Is that crystallization, or is that flip from, say, you know, teaching to uh, this is my territory? Was that at all in where he was talking to the kid, or was that just after that the bell rang? Essentially, I think when the kid ran away, that's what started. That was the impetus for it. Where mm-hmm. he was, where the kid, that was like the kid running away from his fate, from like the future the possibilities like ah uh, like it, this is what you will become type of thing and Walt's like laughs and he's just like huh, well i guess he didn't have the balls to do what i did yeah it, well it, it also kind of reflects to walt like what what's walt's doing here too right because mm-hmm. walt has ran away from that too mm-hmm. and instead of walt seeing that kid's running away as being like uh like oh, good for him he kind of sees like the cowardice and he sees the cowardice in himself yeah yeah so he's like so you're saying him standing in that line buying paint was him running away mm-hmm. him doing the same thing that kid was doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. running away from that card yeah yeah and it's like for whatever reason walt doesn't see this whole making meth thing as like uh, something terrible i mean i think he knows it's terrible right but I, I think he just kind of looks at more as like what he likes doing the chemistry, like the control of the power. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit confusing because I think Walt has been the most disconnected from the victims of his actions as far as the mess side goes. Mm-hmm. And so I think Walt sees it more as a chemistry power sort of thing than like, a, I don't know, causing harm to other people thing. 
I mean, I think everybody in that Walt has touched in some way has suffered because of it. The the users of the meth, mm-hmm. all the way down to his family, his unborn child has yeah. unknowingly suffered from Walt's decisions. Yeah. Though, would we say that's a direct result of the meth or indirect? I don't understand the question. It, it's not like he's seen... I don't think he's seen anybody suffer from the meth directly. Like like smoking the meth or people who purchased it. I guess he's run in some situations like with Tuco or those weird people that uh, kidnapped Jesse or you know, Skinny Pete, whatever. I don't, know, I, I don't think I'm making a very good point here, so I, I shall concede it or concede it. I mean, the the people who are directly involved in the meth trade are the ones being affected directly by the math mm-hmm. and everybody else is being affected indirectly by Walt being affected by the math. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, your your point makes sense and it's it's accurate, but I think it's kind of splitting hairs in that Walt being in the meth trade is negatively affecting everybody in the world, everybody that his life touches. Yeah. Yeah, well, my point is more about Walt's perception of his effect. Uh-huh. Oh, I I don't think Walt even fully understands the full scope of what, like, his effect. Hmm. I don't think he even realized how bad he had affected his family um, until there have been two instances where he realized it. One, when he escaped from the hospital and went home and saw his family crying to each other and he was hiding. Uh and then the other time is when he realized that the foundation of his house was rotting in this episode. I think those are the first two times he's actually seen the scope of how much he's affected his his family and kind of fucked things up. Mm. He's let that shitty, muddy water drip in a closet for too long. Yeah. Can yep. he make it right is the is now the question. And, and the irony to that is he's trying to gain control, but his trying to gain control is having him lose control of even his perception of the things. Yeah. Like yeah, he, for sure. What, or maybe the correlation of things. Like he can see that things are getting shittier, but he can't understand why things are getting shittier. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he doesn't understand that his... I think that's well stated. His actions trying to fix it are causing just as much issue... And he doesn't even realize it. He's like, but I'm I'm fixing it. And everyone around him is like, dude. <laughs> like Skylar's giving him dirty looks and he doesn't even realize it because he's so focused on trying to fix things, but he's not fixing them. Yeah. It, he's actually causing issues. Yeah. Th- there's a scene with that with uh, Skylar where it, there, Skylar's at the, the table and Walt Jr.'s there. And then, you know, Walt kind of goes over there. And Skyler's just giving him this dirtiest look. But the thing is, we don't see Walt in that picture. Walt's out of out of frame. Mm. And we see Skyler, but you know, Walt doesn't see Skyler, you know, giving yeah. that look. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think Walt resents not dying. Mm-hmm. Because he had made all of these plans based around him being dead. And then by the time like he had said at one point, like, my family will never know. And if they do, it's long after I'm dead. Yeah. And it won't matter anymore. So now he, like, has to live with the 
choices that he made. He had never planned to have to live with the choices. He had never planned to have to clean up any of the mess. His whole point was to make enough money to not have to, that they won't have to worry about whatever mess he makes. And he's outlived that. Mm. And now I think he resents that he has to answer for his actions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the why me uh, yeah. question. You know, why me? Why do I have to die at first? And then after he does all the terrible things, why me? Why do you have to have me keep living? Yeah, exactly. You know, you put me into hell, like even worse hell now. Yeah, now I've sold my soul and I have a devil living inside me. Mm -hmm. And he kind of likes it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty much it with that episode. Uh, now, we're going to have a poll for next episode. So definitely make sure you vote on that. Uh, the options are tofu, rock lasagna, and uh, Jesse Pinkman. Uh, meter, uh, reveal what the question is. Uh, the question is, which has the best poll? Hmm. Hmm. So definitely leave a great answer to that. If you leave a bad answer, we will judge you for it. I mean, critically. And I, I think the only thing I have to say is, you know, uh, Roxanne, you'll be missed. It's sad to see you go. I didn't expect for them to kill off your character this early. It's really sad. But all things have to come to an end. So you guys have a great rest of your day. I react, you react, we all react because, hey, I am Pepin from Pepin Reacts. Peace.